0: Welcome to the Startup of the Year podcast, where each episode we showcase exciting new companies from around the world. This podcast is produced by Established, creators of the Startup of the Year program. Established is focused on helping organizations with their innovation, startup, and communication strategies. Thank you to our podcast sponsor, Silicon Valley Bank.
1: Hello everybody, it's Frank Gruber and it is the Startup of the Year podcast. We're on episode 10. Can you believe it? Uh, today's going to be a special episode. We've got a special guest and uh, the rest of our team of hosts are not going to be joining us other than Rich Molloy is going to come on for a second to share some words about our, our very special sponsor SVP. But uh, the rest of the team is taking a bit of an all-star break because because we have an all-star team here at, at Established and Startup of the Year. So wanted to give him a break it's summertime and that's yeah you got you to take a second and uh, enjoy the outdoors and, and get offline a little bit so i'm here today though going to be talking with tim draper uh he's the founder of uh, draper associates um used to be uh DFJ, or Draper Fisher-Jervison. Uh, and then he also founded a Draper Associates and Draper University. Um, he also has been very busy with trying to divide California into three smaller states, uh, as well as investing in startups, lots of startups. His portfolio is pretty tremendous. Uh, he's had a lot of hits. Um, he's going to talk to you about that. He started in 1985 and comes from a long line of, of venture capitalists, actually. His family has been doing it for uh, three generations, uh, of, of investors. And, um, he was, you know, early in, in Hotmail and actually invented viral marketing with, uh, with Hotmail and invested in Skype and invested in early in Bitcoin. And he's invested in SpaceX and, and, uh, T- Tesla and a bunch of others. So lots of great companies he's invested in. He always tries to find something that's disruptive and interesting and, doing something slightly different. So excited to have Tim Draper on board today to share some of his insights, knowledge, and and uh, kind of what he's been up to with startup investing. So that'll be coming on in a second. But before we get started with that, let's hear a word about our sponsor. Can you get give it up for Mr. Uh, Rich Malloy? Rich?
2: Absolutely. So today's episode of the Startup of the Year podcast is brought to you by Silicon Valley Bank. And you know, the, the team at Established, we've been building startup communities for 13 years, and Silicon Valley Bank consistently shows up, adds value, supports startups, and supports their clients. They're more than just bankers. You know They're mentors, they're advisors, they're super connectors. And we love having the SVB team at our events because they bring a depth of knowledge about startup markets that just doesn't exist from most service providers, and they always treat their founders with respect. And so, if you're not banking with Silicon Valley, if you're using, say, a a traditional retail bank like the one on the corner, there's nothing wrong with those banks. But if you're using that, a traditional retail bank, and you plan to raise venture capital, you need to bank with SVB. Your retail banker might not even know what the heck venture capital is. But SVB team does this day in and day out. This is their specialty. They've worked, they've been through the fundraising process with thousands of startups. And they have additional resources to see you through the process and help you succeed. We love SVB and we're grateful that they're that they're supporting the uh, the Startup of the Year podcast. And so visit svb.com slash next to learn more. That's SVB.com slash next. So Silicon Valley Bank, ideas bank here.
1: Thank you so much, Rich. Thank you, SVB. We're super excited to have be working with you here on the podcast. Uh, we've got a bunch of episodes to get out, so thank you for your support. And now let's hear from Tim Draper, the founder of Draper Associates and Draper University, and author of How to Become the Startup Hero, among other things. Here he's got a, a lot of things he's been working on for a long time. Really appreciate Tim joining me today. Thanks so much for, for coming.
0: Great, thanks for having me on the show, Frank.
1: Uh, first off, Tim, what are you what have you been up to lately? I know you 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 go to a lot of events, you speak a lot. I just want to hear what what's been the latest, uh, Tim Draper uh, kind of update.
0: Well, a couple of things going on. Um, One is I'm seeing a lot of very interesting new companies. Um, I'm fascinated with decentralization, and I'm totally into artificial intelligence. In fact, I'm thinking of how I can artificial intelligence my own job. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that's true. And uh, and, uh, the decentralization, starting with Bitcoin, but then moving to all those other things that can um, also be decentralized. This is going to be a really interesting transformative time for the earth, for the people of the earth. Um, and then I'm spending a little bit of time on Draper University. The students are here now. They come, they come for five weeks at a time and they're going through their hero training. And, uh, and so I usually give them an orientation, um, and sort of shake them up a little bit and then, uh, uh, help them think about what a business model should be. And then, uh, and that's, that's great fun. And then, uh, and then I go to a lot of conferences and, uh, do a lot of speaking. And the reason for that is to, um, both get a good sense for what's going on out there, but, um, but also, uh, we, I end up generating a lot of deal flow with my high profile.
1: That makes sense. That makes sense. You're out there and, and talking to people and, and meeting people and finding new companies. That's great. Um, so let's just dive in. You talked about de- decentralization and I think you're a big ambassador in, in, in Bitcoin and, and obviously de- decentralization. Can you talk about just your thoughts on Bitcoin and cryptocurrency in general?
0: Yeah. Um, I I think that it's, um, it's something we should all embrace mm-hmm. because Uh, because Bitcoin in particular, because it is purely decentralized is, um, allows for a currency that can go across border through, uh, all the way around the world and it, and it's open and it's transparent. And when you buy something with Bitcoin, you don't have to pay the banks two and a half to 4% every time to do it. You know, every time you swipe your credit card, you think you're paying the credit card company, but you're paying the banks most of that money. Mm-hmm. um and uh and then uh and then you do it's a currency that is not tied to any uh, government force it isn't subject to political whims mm-hmm. and so i'm thinking uh, that we should all embrace it think about this let's say you're in sudan and you are you have a lot of sudanese money and then the military comes in and forces you out of your house and you have to go become a refugee and breathe well, you don't speak the language and now you have no money that the Greeks will will accept. Mm-hmm. Um, but if instead of Sudanese money, you had some portion of your money, like a quarter of it or something in Bitcoin, you could just pull down your Bitcoin and start your life over um, without as much uh, of a hassle. Right. And, uh, and so I think that's just sort of one of many, many examples where having a global currency that's transparent is incredibly valuable. And then I, I also love that that um, Bitcoin they keep perfect records of everything and so uh, so you can um, you can have all of your accounting, your taxes paid, your um, your audit all that stuff is done. the bookkeeping, the accounting and the taxes paid are all done automatically on the blockchain and so accountants can think of um, higher level um, services to provide for their clients Mm -hmm. and then eventually we're going to have smart contracts and those are going to be in effect contracts built into software uh, that are that are certain that have true certainty so that's going to transform the legal industry, but it's also going to transform, uh, insurance and, and since government, most government is insurance. Anyway, governments are going to change. Right. So this is, this is so fundamental and so big mm-hmm. and incredibly exciting. The, the world is going to go through a, uh, a ratchet up like the world is going to be much better off than they were. I mean, 10 years from now versus today, right is going to be night and day.
1: Right. It sounds like it's a foundational uh, element and, you know, obviously will could make us all location agnostic, which is pretty cool too. Um, cool. All right. So diving in a little bit further. So you, you've invested in a lot of different companies uh, over the years. Um, a lot of big ones, um, Tesla, SpaceX, Skype, uh, Twitch, you name it. There's a lot. The list goes on and on. Um, wondering just for our, our, our listeners, what do you look for in the companies that you invest in?
0: So um, for entrepreneurs, um, I'm really looking for where is your true heart? Mm -hmm. Uh, That's the first thing I'm looking for. I I kind of read people's hearts. I want to make sure that that is all they're really dedicated to doing. Um, And and so that's the first thing. The second thing is um, I'm looking for an industry that is getting fat and happy because they've been um, running as an oligopoly or a monopoly for years. And uh, and the service they're providing uh, is not worth the cost that people are paying, but the people have to keep paying it because there's no alternative. Um, Those are usually good industries to go after so that, you know, you can come up with your own, the cable business or, or healthcare, uh government self banking, where we're not getting the service that we deserve for the amount we pay. Um, those are usually good industries to go after as an entrepreneur. And then we like to see the entrepreneur using really interesting new technologies to approach those industries uh with with business models that are somewhat unique. Um, if it's something that a, an entrepreneur tells you about and just as easily you could go do, uh, that's not a good business for us because we just feel like it's too obvious. Anyone can do it. Not special enough. Um, and and if it's just an incremental change, um, then it's not enough. Uh An incremental change isn't good enough because we're really projecting out five to ten years. We're not projecting six months to a year out. Right, that makes sense.
1: Great. Now that's really helpful. And we just did a little bit of um, you know analysis of the companies you've invested in, and noticed that you've you've invested about fifty or more uh, you know American startups outside of the big three markets. So not San Francisco, Silicon Valley, New York, Boston, and you know it's are you becoming more active outside of the big three markets now, or is that just companies that you liked and, and found there or, or how are you looking at those secondary markets? Well, I,
0: I have, um, since say nineteen ninety I've been a global investor. Right. So I am always looking outside. In fact, um, even back in 1980, well, 1990, I guess, um, I was looking outside the Silicon Valley and route 128 for, um, for businesses we set up the draper venture network with a bunch of uh venture capitalists around the country and then eventually around the globe so yeah we um we expect more than half of our companies to be outside of the bay area the san francisco bay area and uh and probably 30 percent of our companies that we fund to be outside the u.s oh wow so yeah we're very active, um, investors, uh, anywhere. And my goal is really to be able to easily invest in a startup wherever it may be. Right. That makes sense. Okay. And so what do you,
1: what are the differences that you're seeing between, uh, Bay area startups and some of these companies in the secondary markets? Is there anything key that you, you kind of key in on?
0: Yeah. The, um, the cost of an engineer is much lower outside the Bay area. Right. Um, valuations are usually a little bit higher in the Bay area. Um, there are, uh, fewer alternatives for the uh, entrepreneur outside the Bay area, but, um, but there are also, um, some interesting things, you know, the best businesses are the ones that are just a little bit different from the mainstream, mm-hmm. And the Area, they're all talking to each other, and so most of what they end up doing ends up being sort of mainstream. Uh, we tend to do better when things are not mainstream, where they're not exactly what uh, people are thinking of or talking about in the Silicon Valley. So, um, so we're we're always open to uh, whatever any entrepreneur has to offer. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, we're. A- and, and you know, if you come from Detroit, you're probably very well versed in automotive and uh, and looking at things that are not really uh, tied to the Silicon Valley. And uh, if you're in uh, Chicago, you you've probably got a better idea for uh, of what option trading is like. And if you're in New York, you're probably well versed in advertising, so anyway, industry all sorts of industries are going to be affected where you are. Right,
1: that makes sense. And do you have any advice you'd give to any of those startups that are not in in those big three markets?
0: Um, yeah, come to Draper Associates. That's is what we do. <laughs> we look for perfect companies. Perfect. No, that's great. Um, and if you're really early on um, and you're really not sure what what you're doing. Uh, come to Draper University, and we will uh, give you purpose. Your life will have purpose and meaning. I love it. Can you
1: share a little uh, bit more about Draper University and, and kind of what it is? And for those that may not know, and and maybe share a little bit how it got started and where where it's where it's going.
0: Yeah, it got started because I looked around at, in 2008 when the world was coming to an end, and I thought, God, there are no heroes. And I thought the world needs more heroes. And so I said, I'm, I'm going to set up, set off to go create more heroes in the world. And Draper university has done just that. We, we train people in a very unusual way. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, uh, and it's nothing that any existing school could ever emulate. They could never copy what we do. Uh, it's, it's too unusual. We, we train people emotionally. We get them to be extraordinary and confident and, um, and realizing that people are capable of so much more than they, uh, than what they think they're capable of coming out of a normal university. Uh, we, we train them uh Physically, spiritually, intellectually, and emotionally, and get them really thinking about um, what's possible with their life, what they could potentially do with their life. Lives are often uh, wasted because people sort of uh, go and take, stay on the track the whole way. Uh, we're getting them off the track. We're getting them to think beyond. Uh, where they normally would think. Schooling now, I, I think the schooling doesn't create heroes. Schooling, a lot of schooling is just you get an A for not making any mistakes and not stepping on any toes. Um, we we want people to crack eggs and um, and break glass and make great things happen. And, um, and we do everything from having... You know, Tony Robbins acolytes come in to train our students to uh, to having uh, a uh, hackathons at the beginning, and then uh, we pitch venture capitalists at the end. But but we also have uh, survival training where with Navy SEALs wow. and Special Forces Army Rangers, and we um, we we challenge the students to see what they're capable of. I love and that. That makes a big impact on people's lives.
1: That sounds like an amazing place to go. So, um, what are the age, what are the kind of, are there age requirements or like, where is, what are the kind of the, I guess the demographics of students you
0: have? Yeah. The perfect age is about 24 years old. Um, but we're, we have taken people as young as, uh, and as old as much older, Yeah, much older, uh, (laughs) Yeah, we've taken people much older. Ideally, they're in their. Yeah, 20s.
1: no, it's great, and it sounds like I'm curious. Actually, now, what you, for what you described is, you know, there's a lot of folks that come out of um, the armed forces, and they they don't know what to do. You know, with their life, their purpose has kind of changed now. And I'm curious if you get a lot of veterans coming in through that
0: program. We get some, yeah. and some of them end up helping um, helping us when they're alums. They help us with survival oh, cool. training. That's great. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, well,
1: I love it. Um, for anyone looking to kind of figure it out, they should definitely check that out. Um, at Draper university. Uh, all right. So ju- kind of moving along here. Let's, let's jump into, um, some of the things that, um, you know, we talked about if you don't have, you know, you kind of talked about the uh, Draper university, but what are some of the skills that are, you think are necessary to be a good entrepreneur and, um, you know, you talked about some of those going through the, the program, but maybe pick one or two that kind of the things that you're looking for.
0: Well, every entrepreneur uh, is going to run a different course. And so they're going to all need different skill sets. Right. Uh, what what we really do is we build uh, their character and their emotional strength mm-hmm. and their understanding of, of, um, Change and transition, and uh, and how they can stand alone for a while to before they can attract people to their idea. Um, we get them thinking uh, in a way where they they say, okay, hey, I want to make this huge change. Uh, most people are going to think this is crazy, but I'm going to do it, and it's going to take me some time, and I'm going to be ridiculed for a while. And then when it's successful, I'm going to be uh, picked on, uh, and I've got to be strong enough to put up with that ridicule and that picking on, right. uh, so that I'm I'm um, fully prepared for it. And yep. So what we do is we prepare you for it. Right. Um, you also will have more work than you ever imagined. If you're successful. Right. And uh, and we prepare people for a. Of an onslaught of a lot of work
2: mm-hmm.
1: that makes sense that's great so you're setting them up for what's to come um, and then obviously you know there will be uh, ups and downs along the way um, you know obviously failures and, and some misses I'm curious if on your side on the investment side are there some misses or failures that you can think of that you're like oh man I should have jumped in on that or I should have you know supported this company or whatever
0: yeah um, my biggest failures are failures to act right? Um, and I think that's true of most people. Um, you, if you don't do whatever it is that you, uh, hope to do, uh, you, it's all on you, right? If you do it, uh, then it might fail and it might succeed. But if you don't do it, you automatically fail at it. So my biggest failures were, um, you know, failure to fund when I, uh, met with Reed Hastings on Netflix because I thought, why would anybody want to fund a company that sends DVDs through the U S mail? Right. Right. Uh, and I, because I said, eventually everybody's going to be streaming. Right. Um, he said people weren't ready for that. And I didn't understand people as well as he did. Interesting. Uh, that's a big one. That's one of my biggest failures. Right. Um, my other big failures really were failures to act. I got, over, I got out for Facebook. Mm-hmm. I got, uh, uh, and then we, there, there are plenty of companies that we funded and then they failed, right? But they failed for a variety of different reasons. And in our business, uh, one failure, uh, is really not that big a deal. Right. Because, uh, we, you know, it's it's worse missing a big winner than it is uh, just having a, you know, investing in something that doesn't work.
1: Right. So yeah, can you just kind of elaborate on that? Like, just so folks know, like with a fund, what's considered a good batting average? <laughs> I guess you could say. will will give a baseball analogy. What's a good batting average for somebody on the investment side?
0: Well, your batting average should be. I mean, might be around. Four or five hundred, but your slugging percentage better be in the 10. Right, right. Your slugging percentage should be ten ten point oh <laughs> yeah. uh, you're hitting a you, lot of bombs. You, you <laughs> hit a hit long ball. Right. Around. That makes sense. That
1: makes sense. All right. Um, so we were talking about failure a little bit. Let's talk about what. What in your life are you most proud of?
2: I think I'm.
0: Um, proud of a couple of things um i'm proud that i came up with the idea for viral marketing because that made it so that um the it, it was the entrepreneurs who came up with free web-based email but viral marketing was isn't it spread to whatever now we are three billion people on web-based email right. uh, and that allowed people you guys weren't around before then but that allowed people to easily communicate with other people anywhere around the world. And that seems so obvious now, but was so, Im- so incredibly difficult right. before uh hotmail. Yeah. No, out. I had a hotmail account. Other, I remember <laughs> the other thing. <laughs> that's funny. I'm not sure I do yeah. anymore. Uh, And the other, and that brought on Skype and uh, social media and all those things that happened because of viral marketing. Um, So I think that was probably the biggest impact I've had so far. But the thing I think I'm the most proud of now is my support for for Bitcoin and decentralization, because I think that's going to take humanity to a new level. I mean, Hotmail allowed them all to communicate, but but Bitcoin and, and uh, decentralization um, are going to actually make us one world. Right. I, I we're going to go from being tribal to being global, and it's going to be a very unusual trip. Um, it's going to be really tough for those people who are kind of still living in tribal worlds and and uh, sort of... Uh, Uh, taking leadership positions in those tribal worlds because they're, they're not going to want to see anything change, but, but uh, long-term for society, we all know that being global and open and transparent is going to be so much better than being tribal and, and, and have barriers uh, geographic and otherwise uh, in, in, and having more and more friction between people. The less friction between people, boy, the better we're all going to be off. And and the sooner we'll get off the planet and the sooner we'll cure the planet of its ills and people of their ills, Uh, all those good things are going to happen as long as we uh, don't have barriers between people
1: you brought up an interesting point, getting off the planet you've invested in SpaceX and, and, and Elon Musk and, and a couple of his companies and you sit on the board, uh, um, as well. Can you share a little bit more about, um, you, how, you know, how you got involved with Elon and, and, and some of the things you're doing uh, with SpaceX?
0: Yeah, I'm not on the board of, um, uh, of SpaceX. Oh, um, it's Tesla, right? You're on the board of Tesla. Gervidson was, well, Tesla, I was the lead investor, but, um, then I passed that board seat oh, okay. off. So I got to know them very well, but then uh, I passed gotcha. it off. We, um, we uh, have had um, uh, really some amazing successes with Elon because he's one of these entrepreneurs who does just what I'm, I was talking about. He's, he's willing to say we're going to Mars and standing out there alone until all the people who want to – figure out how to go to Mars or who are energized by that kind of a prospect will come to him. And, uh, and at the beginning though, he's standing there alone saying we're going to Mars. And I think that's the kind of entrepreneur that, that really can make extraordinary things happen. Um, and I think that, uh, we need
1: more of that. Right. And no, that's very bold, uh, just to go out there and, and, and obviously, you know, somewhat frightening if you're, if you're not, you're not up for it you talked about that thick skin, and he obviously has that. So, um, that's really interesting. Hey, can you tell me, um, a little bit more about your book? You, it came out a couple of years ago. Um, and it's, you know, how to become
0: a, about, about a year ago.
1: Okay. Yeah. About, about a year
0: it's ago. Still pretty. new, And now we're in about, uh, five languages. So oh, wow. it looks like we've got, a, my goal is 20 languages by the end of the year. Wow. Um, we, um, yeah, we we did it kind of in a fun way. I mean, I always like trying a new approach. Yep. Um, I I self published because I remember my dad went through a publisher and he was um, he was held back by how many he could give away and what he was allowed to do right. and all that yep. stuff. And um, and the publishing world has really gone a new way. And so uh, and so I did it all through Amazon. And uh, it's now it was a um, I guess it's a bestseller. It had uh because it was on one of the bestseller lists. Um it uh it's a great fun book and I wrote it um weirdly, I wrote it on i on my iPhone on in you know, all my travels. See, I, I travel so much, I'm in a lot of airplanes, and uh, it gave me this free time to sort of think about stories and how they um, how things went and how they were affected. And then I put it all together, um, for students because I've been telling the same stories and the same, uh, and giving the same advice to students for many years now, uh, who are students of Draper university. And I thought, well, you know, why don't I put a lot of this stuff into a book? Uh, and then it can have, it can help more people. Love it. And so now I Assuming they all read the book, uh, another hundred thousand people have been able to be something like hundred thousand people have been exposed to this new way of thinking, and uh, and so it's great. And and the book, every time um, you, it, we do an update, we put it right up there on Amazon. So uh, so you might you might read the book a year ago and the book somebody else reads is a different one.
1: <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I mean, talk about decentralized.
0: Because you you I know, you're, you're, call yeah, I call it beta, yeah. beta version 0.91. Um, and now we'll be moving into 0.915 right. or something. It, uh, the idea of a book being yeah. a beta is, uh, it's kind of more fun. Uh, it's, it's a living, breathing, uh, dynamic thing, and maybe we'll maybe we'll turn the book into a subscription. So people subscribe so that they get all That's the a good updates. Idea.
1: No, I love it. I love the approach. And it's, it's very software asking and decentralized because you're, you're doing it yourself and, and, put, and using the, the systems that are out there to get it out there. And you obviously have a big um, following as well. So for those of you that don't know, it's, it's out there on Amazon, How to Become the Startup Hero. I'm here with Tim Draper. And I think we're at your, your time. I, I know you've got some other calls and stuff, so I didn't want to run over. But I really appreciate your time today. And, and thank you so much for joining us.
0: Great thanks so much for appreciate having it. me, Frank.
1: Wow, what a great interview. Thanks so much, Tim for joining us again. I really appreciate it. Loved his insights on decentralization and his whole philosophy about investing in startups, you know trying to find companies that are you know outside of just Silicon Valley. He's been doing that for multiple decades and just has a lot of insights and and uh, knowledge and not to mention, I love what he's doing with uh, Draper University because it's really fit, fitting a need for people trying to, that are trying to be entrepreneurial that don't know necessarily what to do after college, you know, trying to figure out what the next step is. So, love it. Uh, really a delight to talk to Tim and appreciate him taking the time. So, this actually wraps my uh, solo episode on episode 10. Uh, hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, please drop us a review on Apple uh, Podcasts or, or on Google, and um, really appreciate all the reviews that we're getting in. Thanks so much, everyone. I hope everyone's having a great summer. Uh, We are, and uh, we'll be back next week with a regular episode. Thanks again.
0: Thanks for listening to the Startup of the Year podcast. Be sure to subscribe, and we'll be back with another episode soon.